Today we are going to talk about mindfulness and um, the switch from corporate to entrepreneurship. My next guest took a leap of faith and started her own practice after being laid off as a result of the pandemic. We will discuss the switch from a corporate setup to a new format. A newly turned entrepreneur, she is a leadership coach and mindfulness facilitator who is passionate about helping people tune into their inner wisdom. She helps people discover the obstacle preventing them from living the life they desire. She believes that kindness, compassion, collaboration, and self-mastery are the keys to effective leadership. Fascinated by the Eastern philosophies and teachings, she is a lifelong student of yoga, meditation, Reiki, and Zen, along with other tools that promote self-awareness. And today she's going to join us to discuss mindfulness and personal growth in times of COVID-19. Welcome, Rachel. What an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. I would like to open this discussion by letting you introduce yourself and tell us more about about yourself and about your current uh, setup. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alexandra. And good morning, good evening, depending where you are. It's morning where I am. Uh, my name is Rachel, and I live in Vancouver, BC, which is on the west coast of Canada. And I have been so blessed during this time with so many different opportunities. So despite losing my job, I've, I've actually experienced a lot of opportunity in this time. And I think part of that stems from just this 20 plus year of a uh, year long journey of personal growth and spiritual growth that I've experienced. I wanted to ask about your previous career because you are now a leadership coach and you focus on mindfulness and personal growth, but you did build a career in learning and development. And this is something that I mentioned in the intro. I would like to um, talk a bit about what were your milestone in your um, learning and development career prior to starting your company and how does your prior experience helped you how did it help you uh, bring the bring this knowledge to your new business wow there's I might have to ask you to repeat parts of that question there's many layers to that but absolutely so I have worked um, for many years in the world of natural wellness so natural wellness products primarily with essential oils And so in learning and development, there's, um, there's a responsibility to deliver content to teams that is going to be easy for them to share with others, but it's also informative. And so I think that that responsibility in my role um, provided me with the understanding that personal responsibility is is one of the major tools that I have in my tool belt to use. And I use this everywhere that I go in my life. Um, and then, of course, working with people. So there's a lot of coaching integrated into the work that I was doing in learning and development. So whether I was creating content, delivering a training, or or doing some one-on-one training with with one of the leaders in the company, um, there, was, there was a lot of Um, collaboration in that learning. And I think that's something that I bring into everything I do as well, that idea of collaboration over competition. So um, I know there's, there's this sort of old model of leadership where I tell you what to do and you do it. Whereas this new emerging style of leadership is more about, you know, what do you think? And I'd love to have your input on, on what we're doing here. And 
So that is also something that was very present in the work that I was doing. And then, of course, personal growth was embedded into the culture of the last company that I was with for the last number of years. And so, again, natural progression into having my own coaching practice. And I would say some of the milestones um, in my career were around, so I was originally working as an executive assistant to one of the co-founders of the company. And then I realized, and he considered himself the top trainer of the business. And I said, you know, I really want to go into training our teams. I really think I have, have the ability to teach others. And so I shifted from working in administration to working in learning and development. So that that was a big step because it wasn't just a step that I did on my own. I I had the support of the leaders in the company, including the co-founders. So that that was really special. And then through that, I I moved into a variety of specialist roles, um, working um, with different teams around, you know, how how do we grow our teams? How do we grow teams that work really well together cohesively and um, helping helping leaders figure out, you know, what is it that I want on my team that is going to really move the business forward? Um, and then I guess my most recent role, I was working um, more on the HR side of things. So instead of um, just delivering training, I was actually um, offering teams ways to, to work better with people on their teams. And that, that was another milestone was moving, moving into more, more of an HR side because learning and development in that, that company was separate from HR. Mm-hmm. I hope that very interesting. Uh, very interesting um, takeaway for whoever is listening today and really doesn't know how to, um, how to go around an idea. And I think you mentioned it uh, very, very nicely in relation to the, a team setup. If you have a belief or if you have a desire to step into another role, um, I think it's very important to go to the team if or the leader or the manager and be vocal about what is it that you want to achieve. And um, if I may say something that has helped me is say what you think the next step should be on a piece of paper with like come up with a plan and don't let the manager build that for you. But if you already know, make it easy for her or for him and say, look, I thought about this. What do you think? These are some of the steps that I thought of uh, taking in order to progress there. And in most cases, um, I think they will appreciate it. Of course, it really matters about um, your team dynamic. It matters in what company you're in. Um, But I'm sure that there will be people who appreciate this proactiveness and uh, show of interest in a certain area. And I feel that you've mentioned it very nicely that you you went to the leader and you said, hey, I also want to be a trainer. I think I really have the skills. Can you give me an opportunity to showcase that? Mm -hmm. And uh, it it's super relevant as well that maybe you realized that maybe that's not for you, but you you at least tried and you had the setup and the, and the environment to test it out. So super important to, to have those opportunities and to try as much as possible to position yourself in that opportunity. So you can actually uh, try it out. I'm very happy that we discussed your prior career because I have a couple of questions that I want to go through that, uh, I'm sure people are interested in. But before, um, we had a question from a listener that said, um, 
Thank you for setting up such a uh, relevant topic discussion. Um, Rachel, your COVID-19 turnaround is truly inspiring. What Were you thinking about your entrepreneurial ideas before? If so, what kept you from putting them into practice? And this links very well with something we we, we planned to discuss, which was why didn't you go and look for a new job? Why did you decide to start your own practice? So I think this, this fits very nicely. And maybe we can tackle this idea of, you know, what, why now? Why was this the, the best time for you to, to step into your own, uh, your own entrepreneurial journey? Thank you so much for the question. Yeah, it's, um, it's sometimes I wonder, like I, I have my days where I wonder, am I crazy to do this during this time? And then there are other moments when I think, well, if I can grow a business during this time, I can survive anything. And I absolutely, absolutely thought about this so many times and I, I I carried it in my heart and I had I had a dream to do it but again there's we we have these self-limiting thoughts in our minds and and so often it's it's ourselves it's it's us that gets in our own way of achieving our dreams and goals and I have this little voice in my head that said well you don't have a business degree and you never run your own business and what do you know about about doing this. And those are the types of things that held me back. And I was doing a little bit of coaching on the side and teaching yoga on the side. It's just like an extra thing that I did. And I absolutely loved it. But I couldn't see it being sustainable full time. And so um, there's there's that expression, necessity is the mother of invention. And so when something, when circumstances line up, sometimes you just say yes and it works and I have been in a lot of deep contemplation through COVID as I'm sure many of us have we've had the opportunity to pause and reflect and think about you know what's really important to me and I'm in my 40s so I'm at that midpoint in my life and I thought to myself if I don't do this now I might never do it and I don't want to live with regrets so I don't want to look back on my life and and wonder like what would things have been like if I hadn't have just taken that leap of faith because the truth is we we can always change our minds and so if this doesn't work out for me I can always go and get a job but the circumstances were right for me I have the time and space to do it there's there's two things I love spending money on that I need to have money for number one is travel which I can't do right now and number two is live music and concerts which I also can't do right now. So the I think part of the motivation of having that full-time job was having that stability so I could have the funds to support my lifestyle. And those those don't exist. So even the things that I might use as excuses, well, I need the I need the jobs, I need the salary because I want to do the things. I don't I don't need that at this moment. And so when I assess what's really truly important to me, it's about doing what I'm actually good at and being of service to the world and doing that in a way that makes me feel really, really good. And one of the things that I realized in my contemplation after being laid off is that when I'm working for somebody else, I'm supporting somebody else's vision. And I really want to support my own vision. So I know that entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. Um, and it is challenging but it's also very liberating and because freedom is one of my core values it 
it just all lined up for me. So I hope that that answers the question for you. You also mentioned some of your reflections and realizations during the setup. So, for example, you said that um, you would be working for somebody else's vision when you had your vision and you knew that you would want to step into your own practice and, and, and business. You've also mentioned the fact that there is a time for everything. And for you, the time is now because you've already built a career and you could very well start looking for a new job. But maybe it's not needed at the, the moment because you will succeed with your own ideas and it's just the the thing that you want to try out so you don't have any regrets and i feel like a lot of people now are realizing especially since they have more time to reflect that um it is important not to have regrets uh, meaning that if you really want to do something it is important that that's uh, to a certain extent you give your, your your yourself the time to try it out uh, maybe you take a year off and you actually do that uh, i don't know trip around the world that you wanted or you learn a new skill or you go and you surf in uh, I don't know Australia because you really wanted to but you can never really prioritize that because there's other things and there's life happening um, but looking back it, it is important to take time sometimes and just do what you actually wanted to to try out um, that's a very powerful realization as well to realize that time is passing and that you would want to try out some of those ideas that you've had now You know, so it's uh, I'm very happy you've mentioned it uh, also so genuinely. Um, I can I can hear that the process was very genuine and you really wanted to um, pinpoint the fact that it is important to follow your passion and to give yourself time for that. And um, I was thinking there are any other reflections or realizations about this change in your life. I know we've discussed um about how do I want to show up? The question on uh, some people's minds now that uh, we've had more time for reflection. How do you want to show up for yourself? How do you want to show up for your family, for your colleagues, if they are an important part of your life or for your surroundings? Um, can you tell me more about this realization and maybe some others that you've had? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I think having clarity on what you want to create in the world and uh, what your own personal vision is for the world. As, as I mentioned, uh, other people's visions, I definitely want to help people tune into self-love. And part of the reason for that is because there's a, a long period in my life where I wasn't tuned into taking care of myself. And I've worked in the field of wellness for 15, 20 years. And I still didn't get that, that concept of putting that oxygen mask on yourself first. And when we are at our best, we are better able to do what we want to do, to be there for the people we love, to support those we support. And so my self-care regimen has like absolutely increased. Um, I move my body every day. I dance every day. Day, I eat nourishing foods and I make sure I'm hydrated because those things actually affect my my mood and my ability to focus. And so what I'm finding is that when I was in in the corporate world, I would work eight hours, sometimes longer than eight hour days. And I would be often sitting or I would be traveling for work. So my spine would get compressed. I wasn't stretching enough. I wasn't getting enough fresh air. And so I would be very tired by the end of the day. And what I'm noticing um, through this with the, I think it's, it's a combination of the 
self-care alongside doing what I really, truly love to do, I have a hard time going to bed at night because I have so much energy. And it's so interesting how there, I think there, there is a correlation and I'm not a scientist, so I will say that. Um, but I do think there's a very strong correlation between doing what you love and the amount of energy you have available for yourself. And one of the things that has been really, really instrumental in all of this is spending time by myself. I'm a very social person. I love people. My work is with people, but I really need that time alone to recharge. And I think I've been in this world for a very long time of being around so many people every single day. And so I'm not saying I don't miss my people. I I miss my family. I miss my friends. I miss gathering socially. Um, However, I really, truly love my time alone. And one of something I read is if you're feeling lonely, it's because you haven't spent enough time with yourself. And I know there's people out there who will disagree with that statement. But for me, that's absolutely true. Every time I feel like I want external validation from others or I want um, to be around somebody to feel better, it's like, well, how can I soothe myself? How can I support myself in this situation? And Every time I recognize that and I spend time by myself, I find ways to fill myself up. And and that's been really, really powerful because I didn't know I had access to that before COVID. I think you mentioned something super important to take away. And that is the importance of knowing oneself and spending time with oneself in a, in a way where you're not afraid that you are alone, but you are happy that you have time to, you know, sediment your thoughts or come up with new ideas or write down a plan for yourself for the next year, which is something that I'm planning to do (laughs) before this year ends. Um, And, uh, you know, you also shared some very important tips for um, um, health and taking care of oneself. For example, stretching. I I didn't used to stretch as much and um, I spent then months in the same place and then I was like well this needs to change I cannot just be at the desk and then move to the sofa and then watch something on on tv like it needs to something else needs to happen so I started incorporating those routines that I would do outside of the house inside of the house and now they must happen um when I get home and they must happen in a weekend and you know it it should be part of somebody's um well-being routine and the same goes for taking care of oneself with um maybe some new practices like meditation, which is something that we will also try tonight, uh, hopefully with the people joining. And um, journaling, something that has been mentioned before in some of the podcast interviews I've had and something that I found very interesting is to to write your thoughts down. And instead of going to sleep with many worries, rather put them on paper and say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to close this notebook for tonight and I'm gonna, going to deal with this tomorrow. Um, so all of those different uh, different steps that you can take to taking care of yourself are, I think, very, very important. And I'm happy you mentioned some of them and how they helped you in um, also deciding that this is this is the best thing for yourself. We have a, um, a nice uh, comment here. Um, 
great subject for this year and in general. Well done, ladies. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for sharing this uh, this uh, this message. And then we also had a question about um, how did you manage to focus on this new challenge and not get distracted during this pandemic that came with so many questions and a big lack of certitude? Mm. That's a great question. And it is challenging. Um, one of the things that this is using even something like the breath as an anchor. So when we when we talk about meditation or any sort of mindfulness practice, we know that the mind is going to wander. We know that we're going to get distracted. So in in the same way, I know that I'm going to get distracted. I know that sometimes I'm going to go and check the COVID numbers where I live and I might end up finding other articles and it might be an hour later and it's like, "Oh, I have I've got something to do or I've got some, you know, a call to take." Um, And so remembering that we will get distracted and knowing how to bring ourselves back. So there's a couple different things. Like I know in my Reiki training, we were taught to think about what, where is our energy leaking out of us and what sort of things are, are distracting us from being present in this moment. So for example, I might be thinking about what groceries am I going to buy tonight while I'm on a call with somebody and it's like hmm where's that leaking and it's like I kind of feel like that's over here behind me so I'm just gonna pull it back in and then it it helps to ground and center us um focusing on your breath is is a really great practice often when we're distracted and particularly when we're feeling stressed our breath tends to be high up in the chest and not deep into our lungs so even taking one single deep breath can help with distraction And so it's, I mean, there's a lot of very fancy and complicated methods to protect ourselves from distraction. But I would say the number one practice I would recommend is your breath, because you have access to it at all times. It's inside of you and you have control over it. I am so happy you mentioned that because um, I do want to share that I, I was never really aware of the importance of breath. So I would have episodes when I would feel so anxious about something just because, oh, this is news. I didn't expect this sort. Now, what am I going to do? And then I was thinking, what am I going to do in three days from now? Because now I got the news. So I was thinking, even though there was no there was no um, decision to be made now, but I was in the back of my head, I was like, I need to think about this. And I think that uh, discovering meditation and um, breath in general, just taking care of, of, of yourself and the way you breathe and not worry that you will not be able to make a decision in three days, because that's not true. You will be able to make a decision in three days. Uh, and, uh, you know, fe- feeling this feeling, uh, having this feeling of, I'm going to take a deep breath in and I'm going to let it be for three days, because that's when I actually need to make a decision. And I, I don't need to actually think about this all three days. I think that was a major step for me. And I didn't know this until a few months ago. And I find it absolutely amazing that it it took so long because I was just never in this situation where people were telling me, you know, just there's a reason why the people say, take a deep breath before you make a decision or take a deep breath before mm-hmm. you say something when you're heated. Don't say the first thing that comes out of your mouth, ma- of your of your mouth, because that's actually the you know, fight or flight response that's mm-hmm. activated. Like you need to immediately say something because what if, but actually, if you think about your um, your your conscious, you know, brain and the way that you you decide, there's actually 
enough time to still reply to that question. You don't need to do it in the heat of the moment. And the same goes um, if people are listening and they're having uh, discussions via chat and in your mind, what the colleague wrote is completely off, like this is not the way you write somebody, try to take a deep breath before you reply to them in the chat because maybe this is just your interpretation of what they meant with a certain tone, with a certain mood, with a certain, I don't know, sentiment, just because you woke up grumpy or you didn't give yourself time to wake up properly, right? And I feel that this practice of taking a deep breath works for many, many, many other situations in life. Um, so if I were to to sum up this, uh, this advice that you gave um, on focusing on breathing, it's really, really important to internalize it and say, let me make a test for maybe two days and see if it changes anything. Because maybe you feel you feel it changes something and then you will start using it more and more. Um, so it's kind of a gradual change. I'm really happy you mentioned it. Um, I would like to also talk a bit about uh, what were some of the first challenges of starting a business during the pandemic. You are working into the um, leadership coach space. So a lot of, you know, uh, one-on-ones with clients, finding clients, discussing their life and their challenges. But what were some of your challenges when it came to finding those clients, when it came to, you know, building uh, building your practice and and, uh, and your name and your, your business? Mm-hmm. That's a really great question. So I would say that the first challenge I had was actually articulating what is my offering? How do I explain what I do? Because I'm a coach, but I also teach yoga and I lead meditation and I do Reiki and I do a little bit of writing. So what what is that exactly? How do I how do I explain that to people? So I would say clarity was was a big challenge. And it's an an ongoing challenge because as human beings we are always growing and changing and so we we're always shifting our perspective as well and I'm a big ideas person and I see the world in a range of perspectives and I I embrace all perspectives and I support all perspectives so when I have to figure out well what is what is my perspective on this that's challenging for me and that has been challenging for me through my life. And so I had to make sure that I had a strong support team supporting me. So um, one thing I always say is if you're going to hire a coach, make sure that they have a coach themselves. So I actually have uh, three coaches and a mentor supporting me. So it's it's like I have a team of people who are helping me out. Um, I also found that finding clients can be a little bit challenging just because there's people lost their jobs and you know our economy is is having its own challenges right now so where do you find clients because I want to be I want to be so mindful and I'm a big believer in in sliding scale and gift economy um so I want to do coaching for free for people who need it but I also need to pay my bills so Finding that balance has been another challenge. Um, And then I suppose the third one, which you're helping me with today, so I so appreciate that, is how do I promote myself? I'm really good at promoting other people's work, but I'm I'm a little bit shy sometimes when, when I'm trying to explain to people like, yeah, you could hire me. I could really help you out. And so learning how to talk about my service 
services in a way that feels authentic to me, that doesn't feel like I'm just trying to like trick somebody into buying my services. Um, I never want to come across salesy and I never want to, um, to make people feel obligated to use my services if it's not a fit. It's got to be something that, that works for people and that's mutually beneficial. So I'd say those are my top three challenges. That sounds really good. I'm very happy you're sharing all of your, you know, different um, um, angles from for the business because it is it is important, as you said, to have your own coach and uh, discuss some of your challenges with other people. Because uh, who do you discuss them with if you're not focusing on your own growth as well as the businesses? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very happy you mentioned that. I would like to add um, to this context maybe some um, learnings or maybe some pieces of advice that you can link with your um, career in learning and development. So what would you recommend companies based on your experience in uh, learning and development and now with your um, entrepreneurial journey? As as we've discussed in the beginning, there are, of course, links um, and uh, there's something very nice about transitioning to a new field, but still having uh, that base of, uh, you know, human resources, learning and development trainings, and so on. What would you recommend companies based or, or individuals who also want to step into entrepreneurship based on the, your prior experience? Uh, I think that, you know, first and foremost, in, in an organization, it's so important that the leadership is all aligned and enrolled in, in what the vision, mission, and values of a company are. Um, I'm a I'm a big proponent of of conscious cultures, meaning cultures where there's clear communication, where everybody understands what what the goal of the company goals, I should say, of the company are, uh, where the company is going, and what they aim to do in the world. And so that's sort of why that um, we we talk about start with why. So I think that that is very important, and that's very transferable to anything we do, not just in career but in life if we're leading with purpose and intention um then we're going to feel satisfied at the end of the day and so in terms of learning and development um again like being clear on what you're delivering and i remember years ago i had a manager that said to me you know every employer has the right to expect their employees to do their to to do their job and to deliver you know on the expectations and she said but every employee also has the right to a clear understanding of what their role is and what the expectations are and so one of the things that I've observed over the years is that sometimes you have an employee in a company who's working so hard and doing such an amazing job and they're always celebrated but maybe they're not actually doing what they were hired to do and so they could be rated as as a poor performer because they're not delivering on what they agreed to do when they signed on for that role and and sometimes there's a lack of clarity in what people are meant to do in in their role they might have been hired to do one thing and then the role changes clearly identified structure and to have that in writing and so similar to what i'm doing now i have pages and pages of writing and I'm constantly refining it to to create like what really is my vision what do I really want to do to create you know a difference in the world um and that is absolutely something that I learned 
learned in the corporate space. There's so many transferable skills that I just find invaluable to what I'm doing now. Very, very well said. And um, I think that your example with being um, recognized as a valuable employee but not doing what you were hired to do and then getting a poor performance is, as you said, core to showing if you have a good communication set up within the company or not. Because the moment you start seeing as a manager or as a leader, you start seeing that behavior of like, so we actually don't get what we wanted or needed from this in this team or this employee in terms of, um, of uh, you know, KPIs or whatever the setup is. However, they do a great job. So how do we balance that and, you know, think about ways so that we don't fire somebody based on the fact that they, they, you know, they went to a different direction because they were actually passionate and very good at it. So I think this is also super important for employers to listen to and kind of understand that in the setup, they also need to step in and say, look, you're doing great in that scenario. However, we need you to move towards this scenario more or change the job title or whatever, like change a bit the structure. So you don't um, create a performance based system that actually doesn't value the good uh, skills of, of an employee, the, the, the top performing skills of an employee. So I'm very happy you, you've mentioned that it's super relevant for the times we're living as well. We have a question from one of our listeners that says, what would you say are the biggest struggles of, of the people you're now coaching? And if it's okay for you to touch upon, what are some of your clients doing career-wise? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Thank you so much. Um, I would say some of the biggest struggles people have um, are around communication with their leadership. And so I think that, um, again, like referring to that sort of old paradigm of leadership, there's a number of leaders in the world who are fantastic at leading projects and tasks, but maybe we're never taught how to lead people. And so a number of my clients have had managers who don't know how to lead people and they micromanage or they, they're directive and or they, um, they take away the authority of the managers underneath them by managing their people. And so um, communication and leadership, I would say, are, are some of the the top challenges. Um, I have coached a couple people who are transitioning in career as well. Um, I've coached people like me who have a million ideas and they're just trying to synthesize all of that and bring that into one focus. Um, so, so the challenge of like, how do I rein in all of these ideas to create what I want to create? What do I really want to do? Um, another common challenge is around confidence and trusting inner wisdom. So earlier I mentioned I had this little voice in my head that was like, you can't do this. You don't have a business degree. And we all have that voice inside of us that, that prevents us from moving forward. And that voice tends to be louder than the voice of our inner wisdom. And so sometimes there's a calm, quiet voice that sounds really reasonable, but it's like, well, this voice in my head is louder. So which one do I listen to? So I help people learn how to trust that inner wisdom. That That is uh, one of the key focuses of my coach. I love and, that you um, touched upon that because um, your last idea is something that I want to sum up with this, uh, this lovely conversation. How do you 
um, how do you go around finding one's passion and what practices do you recommend to people who are now in a, in a let's say, moment of struggle regarding their professional life? Mm, that's a great question. And you actually touched on, on one of my recommendations, uh, which is journaling. Journaling is a fantastic way to get thoughts out of your head. And there's, there's lots of um, templates out there. There's lots of journals you can buy that actually have prompts to help you. Um, working with a coach, of course, is really helpful. And then contemplation. So we, it, at least in North America, I don't know if it's the same in Europe, but in North America, we sort of overvalue activity and doing, and we tend to undervalue integration and processing. And so taking the time to process everything, because we're always taking in information, especially when we're on the internet, there's ads flashing up and we're being fed perspective, we're being given information, but we need to take time to figure out what we want to do with that information. Otherwise, we just keep doing. And so simply being, being with what we've taken in is so powerful. Um, And then, of course, asking questions of people who work in a similar field. So if you're interested in an area, people are generally happy to talk about their own stories. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Be curious. I cannot recommend your your last piece of advice enough. Every time I found myself uh, struggling with a topic, I reach out to a peer in the field that I work uh, in or volunteering peers that I know could have the answers or friends of friends, um, I ask to be introduced to ask about that setup. So um, it's very, very important to ask for advice in just a genuine way of like, hey, if you have five minutes, I would love to to hear your thoughts on this. And when I ask for advice, most of the times I got an answer. And also when I'm being asked about different topics, I either give recommendations that I've used myself or I, I... send people to different websites or to different videos that I thought were very useful and maybe they can uh, see the see for themselves and take their own interpretation out of it so the idea of asking for for advice and uh, recommendations is really really great I hope you felt inspired to take charge of your next career move remember to review this podcast and share your comments thank you